Welcome to the Jasmine Star Podcast, where we talk about life, business, and everything on the in-between. Today, we are joined yet again by my guest host, Daniel. Now, Daniel and I are huge lovers of crypto and NFTs. And right before you turn away, people are like, no, no, not this. Well, we're having a conversation about a state of the union. What has happened since the last time we spoke? But also, we're really diving into all things new that can empower business owners like AI. Oh yeah, going there, AI. Now here's the thing. If you don't want to hear about crypto or NFTs, we have time stamped this episode so you can skip on over to the part that you find most valuable. But without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, so the last time we chatted, there's been a lot of stuff that's going on. Like right. uh crypto bear market. Yeah, let's yeah, let's give a little update on that. Um, I'm sure everyone's wondering kind of like what has happened, you right. know? Um I think we can start with probably like the beginning of where this bear market kind of started, which was just all the lending platforms that people were using. Uh, basically, they were getting like really high interest rates on their crypto. There was a coin called Terra Luna. Yes. Um, totally crashed. I should probably like interject here because we saw you when it was falling. Right. Like JD and I were in Burbank and it was a little bit later than the work day and you were at uh, a standing desk and you were guys like, Hey guys, like it's kind of dark out there. It's kind of dark. And like what we didn't know then was that it was getting worse. Like what it we was thought was like, oh, it was just the beginning. It was just like uh, the night walkers. Like, no, like that, <laughs> that was nothing. Like it was, it was pretty that serious. And so instead of getting into the history of all of it, cause some people are like, I care. I don't care. A lot of people had reached out to me and be like, how much money did you lose? And so, yep. you know, I think like we should just be like very honest with it. I'll put that number out there. Do will you? I will. Oh my God. I, I'm not afraid. Say it. I love <laughs> it. Say it. Okay. So, um, I had $20,000 in Voyager, which Voyager is now a defunct exchange. Um, they had also some, I, the reason why they failed was because they were also taking part in this crypto lending thing. Um, they were using platforms like Terra Luna. They were using other lending platforms like Celsius. Um, again, these are all lending platforms, um, but they've basically all failed. Okay, and so 20000 on Voyager. 20000 on Voyager. Um, I wouldn't exactly call it lost, though, because it's more that I'm in the middle of the bankruptcy proceedings, which... I don't have hope for it, but I, you know, I got money locked in there, whatever that means. There's like money that's like in there, technically not lost, but I'm going to mark it as lost. I have $20,000 lost in Voyager. Um, let's talk NFTs as well. I got some NFTs, you know, I I went on a bit of like a shopping spree. Oh yeah. I got Terra Luna. We were just talking about that. Yeah. We got, uh, Terra Luna. I had $5,000 in Terra Luna. Uh, but luckily I was able to get about, I think, 3,400 or 4,000 out of it. Okay. So, like, I was like pulling my money out as it was I crashing. Remember, that was like, you saw I me saw like you. scrambling at my yes. computer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the NFTs? NFTs, um, I would think, like, this is more of a guesstimate. I could probably look back on my wallet history sometime later, but I would say I probably spent around, I would say about $2,000 is what okay. I've spent on NFTs that are now probably valueless. Like okay. they probably have so zero value. Let's take a big step back because there were people who were calling this uh, for a while. Like Gary Vaynerchuk was one of those people who had said, listen, 90% of all projects are going to go to zero. I think it's 
been closer to like 97% of projects have gone to zero. And, um, people are like, well, how do you feel about it? Like you were out there talking and buying them. And I'm like, I feel the same as I did back then. I really do. And maybe that sounds naive. I believe in web three and like people can have an opinion about it, but I still have the NFTs that I invested in. I'm still creating content for, um, companies like BFF. I'm still on their board. I still believe that it is going to be a renaissance and there's going to have the people who are going to carry it into that. And so I look forward to future conversations because this is not the end all be all. I don't have much to say about it right now. It is a bear market. People are just kind of like holding and seeing, but the conversation that you and I have been having is, Hey, if you have the money, if you have the money and it's tough times for a lot of people, but something to consider. And some people who are totally against this idea, I'm just not one of those people. I'm saying if you have a little bit of money and you are still interested in web three, Bitcoin, this is not a recommendation. It's not, this is just a conversation that Dan and I have been having. It's like Ethereum and Bitcoin, putting a little bit in there and then just walking away and not thinking about it for like 10 years. If you could do that, I think it's cool to diversify what you're investing in if you're in the place of investing. I'd agree with that sentiment. Even, I guess that's also the reason why I wanted to illustrate like what I've lost is right. I've lost that, but that still doesn't really deter me. Like I think from the long-term vision Absolutely. here, which is like, I still believe in the crypto space as, yes. as an investment vehicle and as a vehicle of change. I could totally see that for the future. And there's a lot of people right now who are listening and they're super skeptical because what was supposed to happen is when America went into a, a recession, which is we're either in or very much on the precipice of <laughs> a recession that they would expect crypto currency to soar because it wasn't dependent on a singular government, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And so all estimates, people are like, uh, for all intents and purposes, it didn't work as you guys had expected. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But do I still believe that there is the potential? And for the answer for me is yes, I still believe that it's just going to look really different than it does now. Yeah. And, I, and we're going to see like all of this stuff is super cyclical, right? Um, last time we were talking about this, when, when we were at peak hype and I was saying, I do remember saying like, you know, this is a cyclical uh, process. Like yes. there is peak hype. I remember back in 2017, which was when I first started getting into it, when Bitcoin had hit $20,000 for the first time. And everyone was like, it's going to pop. The bubble's going to blow. And yeah, it did. Like Bitcoin, <laughs> Bitcoin did crash, but it went from like 20,000 to like, if I'm remembering correctly, 10,000. But then it went to $69,000 like right. two or three years later. So I think we're in this like four to five year bubble with crypto where it's just very cyclical. Um, but yeah, going back to the actual, well, not investment not, advice, no, definitely not, that. <laughs> not investment advice, but just like what we were talking about on like, what are we probably doing? I know what I'm doing right now is I'm just stocking up on Bitcoin and Ethereum just cause it's like kind of on sale right now. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, advice from your, um, thrifty yet savvy, uh, crypto <laughs> dealer. Okay. So in the past, Daniel and I have had lots of conversations around things that we find interesting. We were bullish on crypto and hey, a few lessons learned along the oh, way. Yeah. But I think that what we do is we kind of look at like, what is going on. How do we have our hand on the pulse? And what we're looking at now are business ideas. And we're like, let's just talk about interesting businesses that we see. Let's talk about the gaps that we see, because what we want to do is like kind of spark interest or ideas on people who could potentially expand a business in a different way or use a different business to empower or expand their current business. So let's break down a few ideas. I want to talk about a little bit of a focus on AI and we're not making any predictions, but what I want to do is start thinking about ways that you can either create something in the space or use it in your own business. But I want to start the conversation by saying we've seen a lot more 
bad ideas than good so far. I mean, does that sound savage? No, not at all. I, honestly, I, I think we could even draw some some comparisons here to like the crypto space to like what AI is doing today. Oh, good. I like the parallel. Yeah. So like we, I think we're seeing like the same hype cycle um, with AI right now, especially with like the dawn of chat GPT that we're seeing, like everyone and everyone is talking about chat GPT. It's Every basically single like company. the hottest New York club that Absolutely. you can't get into. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone thinks like I need to be in that club. Oh yeah. Everyone is trying to make a business around it yes. or, or every business is trying to incorporate it. Yes. Like there's just no one that's not talking about it. Right. Um, but we've seen companies and businesses that say they're using chat GPT and they're not. Right. Well, we know provably that there are some companies that say they were using it, especially early on. And, and we were like, well, that's not possible. Like right. they don't have an right. API yet. But a lot of people don't actually. Get it. So one of the things that one of the reasons I, I really love being friends with Daniel is that he's so smart and he's such a sleuth and our mutual friend, business partner, Jamel, like the two of them are internet sleuths. And so they get down to the, they get the tea. They're like, they're actually not. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. AI generated margaritas. <laughs> oh my God. This is a new business idea. This guys, is how every right podcast now, should go. Right now. Right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. We have some margaritas brought hey. to you. This is a commercial break brought to you by JD Della Torre. Yes. Incorporated. <laughs> incorporated. Oh, incorporate that. Okay. Cheers. Wow. This podcast doesn't get so much better now right? that we have margaritas. Cheers. Happy cheers. You. There you go. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh that come is so on. Good. Oh, come on. JD. You see, you Watermelon know, we're not, we're, we need to have more podcasts. Yeah, podcast every single day. We, from that's now on. what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying at the time it's recording of this podcast, we're having very interesting ideas, and the interesting ideas are about to get more interesting because tequila fuels. So our creativity, interest. Joyce. Creativity, Juice. Ju yeah. Yes, he, one sip. <laughs> see, it's already talk, happening. It's right. It, it, it hit. It hit, bro. It hit. Okay. So. Um, they are internet sleuths going back to this, like companies that are leveraging it. We want to talk about a few ideas that we've seen, yeah. a few ideas of why we can get it, of what we think we can do to make it better and share these ideas with you. So when it comes to AI, some of the things that I have seen that a lot of people are using it for copy. And as you're looking for lead generation for your business, there are companies now where in the past, you would have a lead generation. So you would go in and say, I want to acquire somebody's email address. And I'm in exchange for that. They're going to, I'll be giving them a PDF, an ebook, a course, something. And so somebody goes to a site, you might be very familiar with it. You type in your email address and then you get something delivered to you. That is lead generation. And so what happens is when you go and you create your lead generation page, people have a hard time saying, oh, what do I put as the headline? Or what do we put as the hook? Or what is the value add? And so people get stumped. And when people get stumped, they stop. And so what we see is very popular lead generation companies have added an element of AI. They say, AI will write your lead page. What are we thinking about this, Daniel? Right. Yeah. I'd like to make the distinction between the companies that are making AI their core feature and the companies that are using AI as like an addition to their existing feature set. Oh, so interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pause. Two types of companies, people who are leveraging AI as their company and people that are using AI in addition to a core offering. Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. I've been following some smaller SaaS companies in the Twitter sphere right now. And um, especially some smaller SaaS companies that were using AI as their core functionality. Like, um, I'm getting the name of the company right now, but basically what they did is they generated AI copy for like marketing materials, let's say. Um, 
but that was their only feature. And they were a, a new company that was just using some API. It was like a thin um, veil over the actual product that they were using, which was great. I mean, good for them. They were able to like market a product successfully. And I think they ended up reaching like a, quite a bit of users. But as of like this month, the founder like is, first of all, kudos to the founder for like tweeting this, but was tweeting about how like he's losing customers. Right. He, he's saying like his, his like MRR was down and, um, and it's probably because chat GPT is in the middle of opening up their API right now to other companies and not to okay, mention. So for the non-technical speakers, what this basically means is the more people that have the technology, the less valuable it becomes. So if everybody's having it, well, then what makes your business offering special, which is the difference of building a business on chat GPT versus already having a core offering and incorporating elements of chat GPT. So I did try a company that had um, AI to help with lead pages. And was it easier than starting from scratch? Maybe. But was it good? I and, think that's the big question, right? Big is it question. is it is it good? <laughs> and I I I in my opinion, what I saw the answer was a hard no. Right. I think we're going to see like definitely different opinions on that one because for sure I can tell you that the copy that you're going to read, Jasmine, you're going to be like, this is not to my standards because like it's your thing. Because I'm a diva. Yeah. Well, no, not that that you're a diva. It's like, it's your expertise. And then I'm going to read it knowing nothing about this stuff. And I'm going to be like, this is a marketing copy. (laughs) But But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Would you trust AI to develop code and then you just be like, like I would look at it and be like, it's cold, but it's not my, it's not my expertise. Right. I think for somebody who doesn't know what it is that they're producing, I think it's questionable. I think that's where the problem is, right? Is that we're looking at this AI and it's probably good enough for like people that don't know too much about the subject. But right. then when you look at the experts, the experts are like, well, this doesn't really hold up to my standards as right. to like what a good blank is. Right. Um, and I think that's partly because of the way these models are trained, right? Is they just basically swallow up the whole entire internet and then they spit out the average of what they get. And so, so if it's spitting out the average, your content will be average. If they're spitting out the average, your lead page copy is going to be average. And so I was hit up a little bit ago by a company that's saying like, hey, we know that you produce long form videos and that's like a, a pressure point. So why don't you try our AI long form content idea generation? And I was like, oh, tell me more. And so the way that it worked was it asked, what would you like your video to be about. And so I typed in uh, thought leadership. And then what it did is it generated five topics, five titles. And then when I clicked on the title, it then gave me a script and B-roll. And so B-roll is just basically things that you could film to move things visually. And when I looked at the script, I was like, oh, it's boring. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it was, it, it was actually, it was boring. It, and I thought to myself, technically it delivered on the promise, get a script. But when I looked at the script, I was like, I feel like I would probably spend more time trying to go through and add my own personal touches to actually produce a piece of content that I would put my name behind. And so again, this is the idea of a business built on AI, like chat GPT versus an element of something that somebody is providing. And so can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. So I was sitting in a group of business owners and they were talking about like, how do we leverage and scale chat GPT for people that have already been creating content for a while. And so the way that it was explained to me and the way that I want to explain it here, but I need you to fact check it loosely would be the way that we would be able, we, as in people who are creating content consistently leverage chat GPT to scale would be that you would use your content 
as the base. And then you would put ChatGPT as like a thin layer on top of it so that we would use ChatGPT to ask things or synthesize. And then it would be searching and slurping our content to produce a new piece of content. Does that work? Like, is that? I think it's definitely got a future in itself there because at least you get um, some consistency in in your voice, right? Like it's going to look at the way you're phrasing things Mm -hmm. in your existing copy and Uh it's going to be able to match your voice. Mm -hmm. However, I mean, it it might play out better than what I'm expecting, but at least what I see there, like maybe the first problem, the first shortfall we could see is that the content it generates might just be too similar to the content you already have. That's my guess. Mm. Um, you have to have a lot of content. I mean, a ton of content, ton of content. to create something new um, that would feel new instead right. of like a repeat. Exactly. It's like, I think that's the biggest problem that we're going to be seeing over the next few years. Even I mean, I think Google is going to be facing this problem when it comes to even indexing blog posts. How do we tell the AI-generated content that's derivative from the unique original content that humans are writing? And I don't think anyone has the answer to that just yet. Like there's, it's really difficult to figure out if this is a human that wrote this or an AI because the AI is really good at mimicking us. Okay. So speaking of which I discovered a book called what makes us human. I bought it. It is by Ian Thomas, Jasmine Wang and GPT three. Yeah. The book was essentially written by GPT-3. Now, before people get skeptical, uh, Daniel might have a differing opinion and I'm totally okay with it. But I went through the book and I read it and it's written almost like little tiny segments. It's tiny questions. It almost looks like some like our poems or haikus and it's asking questions, but it's restraints of the book are pulled from like contextual things from like Confucius, Confucius com- yeah. and other historical figures. Uh, how all of them as a conglomerate might answer these questions. I thought the book was fascinating. I thought it was a very simple read and I was just so interested that this was generated from GPT-3. Okay, so on that note, if Dan and I are chatting and I'm like, how does this podcast become valuable to people? Like, fine, we might have critiques. It's too early for us to have like definitively what businesses are going to excel. But one thing that Daniel and I talk about and that we agree are constraints, if you know how to put constraints on chat GP3, things change. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, you almost become like an artist of the AI when you start putting constraints on what you're working with. Um, so get, give us like a, the, the simplest expl- explanation of a constraint. Right. A constraint would be like, uh, chat GPT, I need you to write me a paragraph, but it needs to be in the voice of Abraham Lincoln and it needs to be... Um, like a, a soliloquy or something like that. And now you've got like this very unique piece of text that like has mashed two different like literature um, ideas together. Okay. So hypothetically, a teacher says, I need you to write an essay on the history of 1876 of America. And that's the question that you could put into chat GPT. But the constraint becomes written in the voice of Abraham Lincoln. The constraint becomes written as a soliloquy. The constraint becomes two paragraphs. So when we talk about constraints, that's how we start differentiating the content versus asking it a blanket question. There's that, and then there's even just the cherry picking. I think what we might be seeing over the next few years as well is like a shifting in our role of content creation, which is maybe you're using these AI chatbots to generate this content, but then you still have to come in as the human and say like, this is the paragraph I want this mm-hmm. like write more like this. I, okay. Can you extend this paragraph? Like we're, mm-hmm. I would like to look at it as kind of like, we're 
kind of like mechanics or something. And we're just like tweaking the car a little bit as it's going. I, we're, we're tweaking the car while it's driving. <laughs> okay. I think that if I saw this now and I didn't have a business, I would a hundred percent start training to be the mechanic. Like, I feel like I could start training myself on knowing the best constraints. And I feel like instead of running like a copywriting agency or a digital marketing agency, I could actually train myself. So you can train, instead of training a team of 10 copywriters, you can train a team of three constraint, one, one, (laughs) right, right, right. One constraint builder. Give me the framework for the constraints and I can take on, I don't even know. 10, a hundred times the amount of clients in the same or less amount of time, as long as I know the constraints and the constraints are going to be a new way of thinking. If I needed to start a business, I would be like, hells yeah, right here all day, every day. Okay. But what do you think? Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the future of this space at the very least already. We're seeing some platforms that are fully built just for people to exchange their prompts. Like, Hey, I have this chat GPT prompt. Now, when you say a prompt, is that like a constraint? That's like a constraint. Like the prompt is basically like, please generate a five paragraph essay on uh, the Cuban missile crisis. Yeah. The Cuban missile crisis and uh, make sure to throw in your sources. Oh, and make sure to also throw in something about Ford motor company, like very left field. Right. But like, in a sense, that's a a constraint. You've, you've forced the AI to, to write something that otherwise would not have like fit into the text. That is next level lazy. (laughs) I mean, it's brilliant. No, it's really, here's the thing. When I say it's lazy, there's no judgment. I'm just like, dang, that's pretty incredible because you could actually, you know, go to chat GPT, ask it to write, like, you know, an essay about the Cuban Missile Crisis, or you can just go to these platforms that have a prompt. I mean, like you just took yeah. it like next level. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like you don't even want to like think about your constraints yeah, anymore. No. So you go somewhere else and you're like, oh, that's actually really interesting. I can that's use that prompt. That's business idea number two. That's the thing. So there's platforms and it's kind of like an eBay for prompts. It's like an eBay for prompts. I've even seen, so we have one for ChatGPT. I've seen one for Dolly, which is like the image version yes. of ChatGPT. And those ones are really interesting just because it's so visual. Like I can just scroll through the website and be like, wow, this is so cool. They generated this image. I really wonder what they provided to Dolly to get that spit out from it. And then you pay, you know, whatever amount of money to get access to the prompt. And now so you can have fun with it. So it's the next level of a textbook? Basically, it's like a textbook. It's almost like you're seeing- or Like a cheat code. It's a cheat code. You're seeing Dang. how other people are using it and now you can copy them. I mean, two business ideas right here and one can actually lead into the other. Like it's going to be a race to the top. It's going to be a race to who can come up with the most prompts. It's going to be a race to how do I think in terms of constraints? How do I convey to a client that what they're getting is totally exclusive, but it's on the back of your training, your history, your contextualization. Like there is a hole in the market right here. I'm like, get me at this market. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I, I would definitely think yeah. if you are looking for business ideas to dive deep in this space, cause it's so new and it is such a fast track to becoming a leader as long as you do the early lifting work. And I think it's a new version of like uh, selling camera presets or like editing presets for photography. Like Dude. like now you're seeing people Dude. doing that for Dolly. It's like, it's almost like a preset, the prompt. Like you're saying, okay, this is where you can start from. And now you can modify this prompt as you wish to fit your needs. Okay. So um, like, can I ask you, like, well, let's just brainstorm. Like yeah. if I'm a baker and could I go to this platform to buy a prompt on how do I customize grandma's, oatmeal cookies or <laughs> yeah. like help, help me, help me work through that. Cause people were like, that sounds great. But what about my business? Like how could I start selling prompts for what it is that I do? Like let's definitely, it's a lot easier to definitely think of it from, we got to bring the mic up, Daniel. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, so here's one thing that you, here's one thing y'all don't even know about Daniel. Oh, number one, I'm wearing leather pants with pleats in the front and I'm looking at this camera and I'm like, girl, it's just a look. 
It's just the look. I'm just very proud of this. It's just a very proud of look. But it's actually not a full outfit because it's just all black. I think you could just wear all black and still be kind of sort of fashionable. I th- yeah, it looks cool. Okay, but yeah. right now, Daniel is- I'm the opposite of he's black the today. Complete, he's the whole there are no complete dark colors. LA. He's the LA boy right now. <laughs> Bleached hair. Watch. Right now, this is- He acts like it's not a big deal, but he's so on the cusp of being so cool. He just doesn't even know it. Like, I'm seeing all the LA boys, all the early trendsetters bleaching their hair. I mean, you got to get on the train. You got to get, get, get on the train. train. I got to get on the train. <laughs> um, so, uh, when we think about contextualizing this, like, where does that go? Yeah. So, I think it's a lot easier to just because Dolly is visual, it's easier to come up with examples for it. But, like, for example, for this baker, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they need some marketing images. Like, I'm going to send out a pamphlet to everyone in the neighborhood. You know what? Actually, I'll, br- I'll make this more personal. Um, Let's, oh, hold on. <laughs> He's going to make it personal. And I already know. See, this is where sometimes Daniel and I share a brain. The smart side of his brain is never shared with me because I can't understand the capacity in which he functions because he's like a walking computer. He's freaking brilliant. But then there's sometimes we're getting to the business stuff. We're right on the same page. I'm right on the same page. So Daniel's family, shout out to Ballers and Brews. If you are ever in Burbank, y'all need to get some donuts and coffee. And here's the thing. I am a coffee snob. I am such a snob. I almost hate myself for it, but I have no shame in my game. When Daniel comes, I say, Dana, you cannot come into my house if you do not bring me cold brew from Ballers and Brew. Like, it's just, I'm sorry. I will turn you away. So let's say your mom and dad are owners. They're phenomenal people, best business people. I always go and leave really generous tips, but that's not me being generous. It's just, she wants to give me everything for free. A traditional Greek mom. She wants to give me everything for free. She wants everyone to be full. She wants everyone to be full and fully caffeinated. And she's like, Jasmine, just take it. Just take it. I was just like, listen, I know you're giving to me free, but I'm going to tip in this jar and it's me paying for it because I like supporting small businesses. But let's talk about your mom. How would she use it? Right. So right now we're actually um, at a point where we need product images of all of our products. Like all, like we have cookies, we have coffee, we have so many things that need to be, we, we need to take pictures of. And it's just a very daunting task because, I mean, we're talking even the variations of those products right. as well. So now we're looking at like maybe a hundred images that need to be taken right. and professionally at that. So um, in this situation, I am going to try this sometime later this week, is what does it look like for me to pass a prompt to Dolly or maybe being able to pass it a real life image like an amateur image that I just take of, of one of right. our products and then pass it to Dolly and ask it to render a more professional version of the image. So I'll, I'll geek out here as a photographer. You could put your iPhone, like an iPhone 12, iPhone 13, yep. and you could put a donut on a white piece of paper and you could put your phone in portrait mode. You could import that into Dolly and you could say, can you make this image look like it was shot in a studio? Pretty much. Yeah. You can ask that and see what happens. Like you could try replacing the background, right. things like that. Right. Okay. Very, very interesting. So one of our mutual uh, peers, brilliant minds, his name is Jamel and Jamel's father. See, we all hail from families. I say we all, but actually just the smartest people in the crew <laughs> hail from families who are business owners. I hail from a long line of like gardeners and cooks. Like Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. A new generation of uh, first generation immigrants, children of immigrants. So um, Jamel's father is really successful and he has built a brand known in the convenience store markets in Nova Scotia, Canada. So kind of just like he is like a purveyor and he aggregates, um, these really amazing convenience store owners. And sometimes you have to have difficult conversations. And Jamel had expressed to us that his father wanted to have a conversation and just couldn't find the right words. So he used 
chat GPT. Why do I always say it wrong? Every it is time very I say, hard to remember. No, I say it wrong. And then you look at me and you're like, I know you're giving me the look of your Jasmine. You're saying it wrong. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna call it chat. Okay. Cause I just, I will get it wrong. And I'm like, who cares? I'm just it, it like, takes well, everything like, in me to not say chat GPT three. Like so, and I'm like merging I, I, both products. I said that. I've said it twice. On, I've said it twice. I've said it twice. I've said it three times on this episode. And that was pre tequila. So chat GPT. Jamel helped his dad put in prompts and his dad got a, an email and then the prompt was X. I'm not going to give too much information. Oh, yeah, the prompt I don't was remember, X. Yeah. And then uh, his dad's like, okay, but let's add a constraint. Like, add it a little nicer. Mm. And then what, what, what rendered, his dad saw it and was like, this is incredible. Like perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. So small business owners who need to send an email to a client can put in a prompt and say, um, I need an email of apology explaining why an item was late. And it renders back. And then he was like, I need it to sound a little funnier. Yeah, throw a little to, joke in there. Throw a joke in there. And then it's like, add an element of a discount for a future purchase. Like you're literally feeding information if you feel like you don't, you can't find the right words. And so lots of uses for business owners. And so kind of just like tie up the conversation or is that okay? I'm going to tie up the conversation. Yeah. I think we've covered a good amount of ground good, on chat GPT. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've come up with a couple ideas. We come up with being like a constraint creator, yep. learning how to hone your skills as a constraint creator. You can also monetize. If you kind of find that you're good at creating prompts specific to your industry, you can upload them to platforms. So think of this as like the eBay for prompts and you can yeah. be getting money. And if you decided to spend a little bit of time to go into, you know how to serve a specific market in a certain industry with specific prompts that you think people are going to go in and search and buy, well, hot dang. We also found that business owners can use elements like Dolly to get imagery if they need it that's super custom and specific to them. And then we also talked about having copy, but not generic copy. We have to add those constraints for small business owners to have, you know, light emails, heavy email conversations. Right. And so anything else that we could type in regards to making money, using AI for business. Honestly, I think the best step forward for pretty much any business owner right now is at least play with these tools. Just see what, like, see yeah, if nice. like you can get any value out of them. Maybe there's like this one process that you're doing very frequently that takes up a lot of your time that could be automated through this. Um, you just got to play Give with me it. Give an example. Like for example, um, maybe if for your business right now is maybe you're building a lot of landing pages, right? And, you know, let's say your business is in consulting, like you are some kind of consulting business. And I mean, your your core business is not building landing pages. Like that's maybe, maybe you're not like excited about marketing. Right. And being able to outsource that to chat GPT or some other, uh, copywriting AI, it will just free you up to do other things in your business and tackle mm. the most important things that actually bring you revenue. And so. even if, or if you're a copywriter, let's talk about the copywriters. Cause this it could like even a, help you as the copywriter. Help yeah. You as the copywriter. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I want us to start having these conversations because I think Daniel and even in the future, hopefully Jamel and even JD, JD is going to come in on the podcast, Hell not yeah. just, not just serving really overly strong margaritas. Are you feeling it? A little bit. I'm feeling it. I've barely drank any of yeah, them already. I'm just like, I'm like, wow. Okay. I'm going to start speaking Spanish right now. I mean, I'm just like, it's just, I'm living in it. I'm living in it. And for those of you who are not watching the video, this watermelon. It is organic, fresh squeezed watermelon juice. And it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. On the side, there is a side rim of taquin. If you're not familiar with taquin, it is a Southern California. I mean, it's actually from Mexico, 
but Southern California and Texas, we roll deep. And so think of it as like a little spicy, a little sweet. And instead of doing a salted rim, you do a taquin rim. I mean, hi, let's go. Okay. Uh, we actually look forward to having more conversations around. I know I, I am. Uh, Jake's laughing at me. He's like, okay, girl, get off the mic. It, it, it's past that point. It is definitely past that point. But we want to have these conversations to stimulate new ideas. We want to start thinking about what is happening in the future. We want you to have a front row seat to what those things are to help you think in different ways and not to be afraid, but to be, to embrace. And so Daniel had said, try it. Like absolutely try it. Just try it. it. So, um, somebody right now is like, okay, I'm ready to try Dolly. Where do they go? So yeah, literally just go to Google and and type in, um, Dolly open AI. Okay. But I I actually, I wasn't going to say this. I'm going to blame it on the tequila. The first time that I heard people talking about Dolly, this was like early, um, last year I typed in D O L L Y. Okay. So I'm just going to say I did it wrong. Dolly. Okay. Exactly. Like Dolly Parton. I mean, obviously like that's the most famous Dolly that there ever is. That's true. So how does somebody not repeat my mistake? Yeah. So you're going to want to actually type in D A L L E. Um, Who the heck would spell it like that? You know, it's like, leave it to all the smart kids to, to leave it like that. I mean, we'll just pretend it's Dolly after Dolly Parton, but it's D-A-L-L-E. Yeah, it's Dolly like closer to like Salvador Dolly. And they like no. added the like E at the end. As... No, Dolly's D-A-L-I. Right. And the E so, at no. the end is like electronic. Oh, that's God. the way I see it. See, Maybe yeah, they did something I just, else there. I just, it's like these, it is these smart snobs. These smart snobs. <laughs> they'll, they'll just get it every time. Anyway, regardless of how you get there get there. Try it. It is not intimidating. It is best to dig in. And I've always said that you will learn more by doing than ever learning more on how to learn more. So get in, dive in. I look forward to future conversations with Daniel. If you guys have ideas around other businesses that you want us to dissect and get into, like always just an Instagram DM away. You can find me at Jasmine Star. And Daniel, how do people hit you up on Instagram? Yeah, you guys can hit me up at Electric Realm on Twitter or Daniel DeVenere on Instagram. He's so electric realm. See, if that's not truly LA, I don't know what it is. I really like, he's just, he's just too cool for me. I'm just happy that he's my friend. Like always, if you like the Jasmine Star Show, like, subscribe, leave a comment. We're here to support you. Bye y'all.